Alrighty, welcome to Season 3, Episode 3 of Blank Perception. I'm once again your host, Uncle Garg, and another great episode for you guys, as always. They're all great episodes, but uh, it was a fun one. Um, got to catch up with a friend of mine from the uh, infamous Binna group, so uh, those are always amazing episodes for me, uh, getting to understand them on a more deeper level than the simple banter we always have in our group chats you know uh so it's always fun to do that um he was calling me from india so with all that distance um there were some technical issues so sorry the audio the audio quality is probably not great um i i haven't i haven't seen the full edit but we might or might we may or may not have video because we weren't able to get video going on the zoom but we both recorded on our own ends but it's, you know it's kind of sketchy we'll see how it goes but uh yeah regardless um the conversation was great um apps had an absolute blast just um being able to talk to him uh he goes to nyu so you know being east coast now and um he studied abroad so he's got a bunch of really cool experiences that um i haven't had so uh being able to learn about those and just seeing how he conducts himself in his daily life um learned a lot um i hope you guys do as well um but yeah that's all there really is um as always remember conversation in the comments down below um i love talking to you guys and i can only have one guest on per episode so when i get to be in when i get to see you guys in the comments um you know it's fun it's fun for me uh and spotify spotify video is a thing now i've talked about in the past two episodes but i'll just remind you guys um if you guys like watching spotify has the videos now as well so you know, if you don't have YouTube premium and you can't have the video on in the background, Spotify is a perfect place for that. You can have the video on in the background or, you know, however you want to do it. Uh, make sure you go like, follow, subscribe, do all the fun stuff. Go rate the podcast on Spotify. That's a thing now. Um, and yeah, uh, I hope you guys enjoy another banger of an episode. And I'll have Cobra Beats take it away with the intro. Sam Yaksawale. Well, Sam Yaksawale. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, glad to finally sit down with you. Um, you're halfway around the world, but we got mm -hmm. you on here. Um, right. Real quick, introduce yourself to everyone. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. So, uh, my name is Sam Yaksawale. I'm currently a junior at NYU studying finance and data science. Uh, grew up in the Seattle area. Uh, stayed there for the majority of my life, although I was born in India. So I moved to Seattle when I was around four years old and kind of spent the rest of uh, my life there. And now living in New York, of course, for school, currently joining everyone from India uh, and, you know, uh, wishing everyone a happy New Year's, happy 2022 to, to all, all be tuning in. Hope it's uh, filled with prosperity and blessings for everyone. Nice. Nice. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a weird one right now because um, we're recording episodes early. So we can like release right. them later. So like mm -hmm. the last my like the last episode was like the day after Christmas, but it's not mm -hmm. gonna be out till like halfway into January. So it's like right. It's like we're wishing everyone a happy New Year's, and they're like happy, it's, happy it's, it's like February right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah. Um, 
Cool. So uh, first, the first way I like to usually start is with a one-word interview. Basically, I'm going to ask you questions mm-hmm. and answer with one word. Cool. So first one, describe yourself in one word. Fun. One quality you would change about yourself. Tenacity. Tenacity. Your favorite quality about yourself. Charisma. Describe your time in Spain. Magical. (laughs) East Coast or West Coast? That's a tough one. East Coast. Okay. Why? Uh, I don't know. I think, you know, obviously there's merits to to both uh, Mm -hmm. coasts, but I think that, you know, in the time that I've spent on the East Coast, it's been a lot of, when I was on the West Coast, you know, I'm living with my parents, I'm living with a community that I'm very comfortable in uh, versus on the East Coast. It's kind of like, you know, by myself, have to figure out things for myself. And I think that life is just a lot faster paced uh especially in new york city you know there's yeah. i feel like there's new york city and then there's the east yeah, coast so 100%. uh you know it that obviously is a very tough choice but i think you know at the stage that, that i'm at in my life just exploring and you know being able to kind of figure out who i am i think that uh the east coast is is definitely uh where i want to be right now shoot i think the the video that cut out i think it cut out yeah 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 okay are we Um, back yeah now we're good okay cool okay (laughs) yeah i was like i was getting like every other word in that so i was just like um anyway it's kind of like (laughs) all right so yeah how about your why in one word my why in one word oh dang People, the people around me. I guess it's more than one word, but yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. Um, this is a deep one. What is the meaning of life in one word? Wow. Uh, I think love. Okay. Nice. Nice. Favorite part of being on the dance team. Ooh. Um. Friends. Friends for sure. Mm-hmm. Favorite thing about going to NYU. Oh, could you, could you say that one again? The favorite thing about going to NYU? The city. City. Fair. Mm-hmm. And last question. You have one day to spend $10 million. What do you buy? That's a that's a tough one. I think the first thing I'm going to buy is a, a very fast car. So I'm thinking either, you know, a Lamborghini or a Ferrari, probably a yellow Ferrari. I feel like mm-hmm. that's been, a, it's been a goal of mine for a while. Yeah. Uh, probably definitely something for my parents, you know, whether that be like a house or mm-hmm. some kind of, you know, something that they've wanted for a while. Uh, and then I think the rest of, rest of it, you know, I would just give away to people that needed it the most, maybe try to start some like initiatives. Uh, at, you know, even here in India, I feel like, especially now I've seen like a lot of, uh repercussions that covid has you know dealt on uh people in the lower and and middle class so i feel like maybe if i can you know start some kind of initiatives to to help them in some way i think that would be uh that's how i'd use it Uh, yeah nice a little bit more than one word but we'll take (laughs) (laughs) no but yeah that's that's awesome uh cool yeah so that wraps up that um so yeah i want to go straight into the list because some interesting stuff on there and I, you know i think that's the best way is uh 
so yeah, real quick for those that don't know what the lists are, basically Samiak makes four lists, two lists of topics, two lists of qualities. Um, that first list of topics and qualities is from his own perspective. So topics would be um, things that he finds important to himself and for like list of qualities of like, you know, qualities that he believes he has. And then the second set of lists is topics and qualities from the like, external perspective. So how he thinks that others view him. So the qualities that he thinks that others see in him and the, what other, what he thinks other people see as his like biggest interests. Um, so let's start right at the top. Um, topics from your own perspective. First one is music. So I've, you know, Nishu and Sussin musicians and, you know, so we, I've had a bunch of musicians on, are you, is music on there? Like in the musician sense or just listening to music and, you know, I think it's it's really holistic. Um, I feel like I have been very into music, uh, you know, ever since a young age when I started playing instruments or even before that, you know, just being able to listen to different um, tunes. I know my mom, when I was a baby, she was actually just telling me that she used to play like a whole bunch of like, uh, like happy jolly songs. That was, that was the way that she described it uh, because apparently it's supposed to put babies in a good mood. And I feel like, you know, I, to some sense, I have a recollection of just, you know, always music puts me in a in a really happy place uh i feel like i can let out my emotions and and express them through music uh and you know whether that be on the the playing side whether you know playing an instrument or even more so now the creating side um you know i wouldn't say i'm nearly as skilled as like nishu or sasin or any of those guys when it comes to like actually editing it and all that yeah. stuff but you know just dabbling and being able to like, learn a little bit about the components and like even the engineering side behind music like mm -hmm. you know how it's stored in a computer and how you know that is like edited and audited to, to make a uh, high quality sound. It's, it's all been super interesting to me. And then I think uh, on the other side, I, I also really do like the cultural uh, aspect of it. You know, I think that uh, music, like I said earlier, is a form of expression, you know, when you're creating it and when you're really kind of letting the cure, the world hear what you have to say. Uh, and, you know, for me, like my favorite genre is like hip hop rap. And, and that kind of yeah. comes through uh, a lot of communities that have like historically been oppressed and, you know, been forced to struggle and they're kind of like leveraging music as their way to uh make it out in, in a sense and you know i think that's very yeah. admirable i think that's that's very respectable and it, it's kind of like you're, you're you hear people's stories uh through music and and i think it's it's a it's a phenomenal way to just it it's it's a language you know i think that's yeah. really what it is it's uh in its core, a way of communication and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, something that's fascinated me for, for a very long time. I'm actually trying to minor in it right now. Uh, so uh, fingers nice. crossed that, you know, everything goes well and I'm able yeah. to complete that. But uh, I think, yeah, like, like I said, I'm not like super into just one aspect of like mm -hmm. creating or like on the business side or anything, but holistically, uh, you know, music has been a very yeah. passionate subject of mine. Absolutely. Absolutely. What do you, uh, who, who do you think your favorite rapper is right now? Favorite artist? That's a tough one. That's because I feel like it changes every week. But yeah. okay, I'll give you two. I'll, I'll give you like my like my yearly because mm -hmm. I feel like my yearly favorite rapper, based on you know like the Spotify rap, they give you like the amount of like minutes yeah. you listen to. I guess it has to be Drake. But I think at the top of the rap game right now is definitely Lil Baby. Lil Baby, I hundred percent agree. He's had hundred percent absolutely amazing like two years. Like yeah, really for real. 
he's been on every single album. Like I have not and seen. He like, doesn't miss. He doesn't miss. Yeah. <laughs> like he's, he's featured on every big album that's come out. Like there's like there's like there's good rappers that are out there that like just like they would it'd be their career to be on just J Cole's album or just right. Kanye's album or just Drake's album. He was on all of them. He he's and everything. he's doing his own thing. It's absolutely insane. I absolutely agree. Yeah. Um. What about like outside of hip hop? Like, what what kind of stuff do you listen to? You know, I'm really I've, I've started to not started to, but I I think that you know, growing up, I watched a lot of Bollywood, uh, yeah. you know, movies with my parents and all mm-hmm. that. And I think that I've always kind of had a soft spot for uh, Bollywood songs. Uh, you know, especially once I joined the dance team, uh, yeah. you know, listened to it a lot. And then now, even being in India, I've mm-hmm. really you know started to. Uh, listen to more of that. So I, I say I would say Bollywood is definitely one, if not my second favorite, definitely up there in terms of genres. But you know, honestly, like it goes back to this idea that I don't think there's any such thing as like a bad genre. Or there's no such thing as bad music. Uh, yeah. You know, it's it's all about expression. It's all about uh, how you want, how you choose to listen to it. Right. It's kind of like the idea that beauty is mm-hmm. in the eye of the beholder. In, in the same way, like music yeah. is in the it's in the ears of the listener, I guess. That was a bad translation, but <laughs> yeah. I think you know what I mean in, in terms of how you choose to perceive it yeah, yeah, and I how understand. you choose to listen to it. Yeah. So uh, you mentioned your dance team. So I was curious, um, you know, I've had Gatam on the show. Um, he was on the dance team at UPenn. And so right. I was just wondering, what, what's your background with that? How did you, How did you come to get on the team? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think, first of all, let me say, let me preface it by saying I'm not a good dancer at all. And I still don't <laughs> think that I'm a great dancer. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I did participate in like a lot of uh, different types of dances growing up. You know, my mom used to have me dance at like the various like Ganesha festivals. And uh, we used to have like this thing called like Seattle Maharashtra I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but uh mm-hmm. just events where you know we'd have opportunities to kind of make groups and, and dance and my mom was always like yeah samurai's gonna do it samurai's gonna do it <laughs> so uh kind of had a history of being involved uh with dance programs and that type of thing and uh you know i've always found like i said earlier i, I feel like i've been in touch with uh bollywood and, and that kind of uh atmosphere so when i came to nyu uh and the thing about nyu that i, I think is really important to note is that it's it's a big school in an even bigger city and at times it's really hard to you know find people that are uh common to you because everyone is so diverse and in such a diverse area and so you know for me i think before i joined the dance team i was really struggling to find a community uh at nyu you know people that i that that i was able to call my own and, and, and my group of friends um, yeah. And so just, you know, by an off ball chance, I remember going to like a club fair and, and uh, one of the captains at the time kind of like whistled me over and was like, hey, like you look lost. What's up? And, you know, I remember <laughs> having a really good conversation with him, uh, you know, just about the idea of like being able to compete at a national level, but also just having a group of guys that, uh, you know, are with you thick and thin, you know, uh, throughout everything. Yeah. And uh, I ended up trying out, like I said, I'm, <laughs> I'm not really a great dancer. So uh, kind of surprised that I ended up, you know, making the team. Uh, but then, you know, ever since then, I haven't really looked back. Yeah. Um, so I remember Gautam, like, kind of said, 
he like he enjoys dancing, but for him it was more the social aspect of it that drew him to the team. So like, do you feel like I mean like the social aspect definitely was a big factor for you. It sounds like, but like, do you enjoy the dancing or was it more just an avenue to? Kind of yeah, you know, I, I really I do enjoy the dancing. I do enjoy the yeah. dancing. And, and I think that, you know, it's it's really I think both of them are very uh, tied closely together, mm-hmm. um, you know, because especially at a national level, uh, you know, when you go to compete at these national competitions. Yeah, everyone there is there for dancing. But with that comes like the sense of camaraderie and, you know, meeting people and being around like different, you know, environments and, and that kind of thing. So uh, I think that is also a, a large part of the um, a large reason as to as to why uh, I, I joined. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so next on your list we have uh, travel, which um, mm-hmm. so like I mean you mentioned you know traveling for your dance competitions, but uh, expand on just travel. Why you put that on the list? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think I I was very fortunate this this past year to to have been able to study abroad, um, mm-hmm. and you know even even since that before then I feel like I've always had kind of a uh, an appetite. I've been always curious about you know other cultures and and other people and uh, you know different cuisines and and whatnot. So I, I feel like I've really tried to uh, you know step out of my comfort zone in terms of just putting myself out there and, and visiting places that I may not have, you know, been to in the past or may not, not, not have heard about. And I think, you know, in, in today's society, especially there's this, like, there's a very prominent, uh, there's a lot of stereotyping that goes on, you know, you, you hear mm-hmm. about things and then that's kind of the image that sits in your head about what those places are and, and what those people are like. And I think that, you know, in, yeah. in order to really break that down, the only way to make those uh, justifications is to see them for yourself and, you know, mm-hmm. make those opinions for yourself. And I think traveling is, is very, you know, is an absolutely important part of that and being able to just see, you know, what the world has to offer and, you know, meeting people that have had uh, so many diverse, you know, experiences growing up and uh, th- that have lived lives that just don't even seem real, you know, for, for me, and, and I'm sure you can also agree to some extent, Sammamish is kind of like a bubble, you know, especially when we're kind of until we become 18, it's it's like we're just in that community and that's all that we really know. And we kind of hear about stuff that's happening outside, but we don't really know. And then, you know, once we kind of like have the opportunity to go and meet people, you're like, okay, wait, Sammamish isn't everything. And I think that's kind of a very like revealing, uh, you know, uh, I guess uh, epiphany to have is that oh, wait, not everyone grows up like this. And, uh, you know, how, how that, you know, affects people's decision making and, and the, the things that they do is, I think, really important. So uh, been a, I've been a big traveler. I think, you know, I've been very fortunate, like I said, to have not only studied abroad, but visited uh, a variety of countries, been born in a different country as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that has all aided to, to, you know, the way that I've grown and, and seen the world. So I think that's why, you know, I put that on my list. And I, and I hope to continue to, kind of uh, satiate this travel bug uh, throughout the coming years. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Travel is one of those things like I wish I did more of. Like mm-hmm. it's it's been hard with COVID, but you know, like even in general, like just I'm always like, oh, I really want to travel. But then when it comes time to like 
make a like plan a trip i get like super lazy a lot of the time <laughs> right <laughs> yeah just like, oh, i, I get like, it look for a hotel i do all this like like i enjoy planning sometimes but like i don't know why i just always get lazy with it you know um, no that totally makes sense and, and you know this I, the thing is like covid hasn't really helped either you know that's yeah. kind of like put a damper on everything so it's like mm-hmm. even if you were willing to kind of like take the effort before now it's like oh whatever like covid's probably yeah. gonna cancel it anyways exactly so i no definitely i, I totally yeah. see where you're coming from but uh for you what, what's been your uh what's been the favorite place for you that you've gone you know i i really love spain uh yeah. i think in particular because I mean, I, I studied abroad there, but I was also able to, you know, travel while studying abroad and kind of seeing like different countries in Europe and Northern Africa and, and that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. uh, in particular, I think I really, really enjoyed Spain. And I think uh, it has to do with the culture and, and the people. Uh, you know, everyone's really nice. Everyone is very put together. And mm-hmm. uh, it's it's just a very like, it's a very European city, I feel like, uh, exemplified. Yeah. So I would say, you know, Spain definitely... I think all time favorite. Okay, nice, nice. Uh, where's somewhere you want to go? I've always really, really wanted to go to Alexandria in Egypt, uh, which is which is near Cairo. Okay. It's um, and and the reason yeah. is because well, my mom is a, a librarian right now, and uh, the first library in the world was in Alexandria. So it's always kind of been a bucket list okay. item of mine to yeah. to kind of go and check it out. Mm-hmm. That's dope yeah egypt definitely is like i definitely like for me it's just like the pyramids and you know um right no yeah exactly everything and and there was like like for me it also has like i feel like history plays a like history and like culture play a big part for like where i want to go like right um like i kind of got into like the egyptian like mythology with all their gods yeah 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 yeah. and that's like one of the big reasons (laughs) sorry voice crack uh it's one of the big reasons I want to go to uh, Greece. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Greek mythology, I, yeah, for sure. Yeah, like I, I'm sure, I'm sure you read like all the over Percy Jackson stuff. and all those yeah, books growing up yeah. as well. Yeah, that stuff was so good. <laughs> yeah. but like, like I think it started with the Percy Jackson books, but since then, like, I've just like I'll have like times where I just start nerding out about like all this all the greek mythology and i'll just be reading a bunch of stuff online and uh-huh, uh-huh. so yeah that, totally I think that's, that. those are like those are the big ones for me for sure mm-hmm. um so you're in school um you said you're studying finance and business correct right finance finance and data science yeah oh finance and data science so uh talk about that uh how'd you end up going that direction you know, I, I feel like I kind of just I, I took uh, more of a broader approach to kind of like the field that I wanted to apply myself into. You know, I, I kind of always thought of it like, OK, like if I if I try to do something like medicine, like I'll kind of be stuck in the medical field. Or if I do something like, you know, more technical, I'll kind of be forced to work in using that technical skill. And, you know, for me, finance was something yeah. that was like a lot more, I guess it, it's applicable to a variety of industries. Like you can work, uh, you know, mm-hmm. you can work in finance in healthcare, you can work in finance in tech, you know, there's a lot more, I guess, mm-hmm. I guess optionality uh, that, that finance yeah, gives you. Uh, and, you know, I think that was just kind of like the 
outlet for me. You know, obviously, I, I, I really don't think that anybody coming out of high school knows concretely what they want to do. Uh, I think it's just more so mm-hmm. they take a guess and sometimes it's right and sometimes it's not. Um, but I think, yeah. you know, for, for me, it ended up working out because, uh, you know, now that I'm actually being I've been able to study finance uh, to a deeper level, I'm kind of able to understand, you know, like how different you know, economic systems work together, like what role the US and, you know, even New York specifically plays in like the global financial market. Mm-hmm. Um, and then comparing that with, you know, data science, I think has been really cool because I'm able to take like uh, this idea of like financial data that's been collected for, you know, ge- generations almost and then apply yeah. it into real world context. So, you know, it's, it's been really interesting for me and, and uh, definitely a uh, great learning opportunity. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, do you, cause so I remember you were in DECA in high school, mm-hmm. right? So I right. like, do you want to go, do you still have like, or does, is there a part of you at least that like wants to, you know, revisit like the business end of things? Or do you think that's just kind of like more in the past now? Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that door is closed necessarily. Um, and I, I think more so I'm just trying to take it one day at a time and see what opportunities come up and, you know, uh, what, what kind of things, uh, are going to be right for me in the future. Mm. Uh, I would say, you know, definitely, I'd be definitely open to, to seeing what's out there. And, and, you know, to, to that avail, I feel like I don't even really have a full grasp of everything that is out there right like Absolutely, it's hard yeah. to, even within finance or, or data science or whatever mm-hmm. it's it's hard to know because there's so much going on so um no definitely i think uh would be would be willing to revisit um i guess the business side later on mm-hmm. yeah and uh, i mean like you talked about like you know the global markets and those that fancy terminology first thing i think about especially nowadays is investing with stocks and crypto and nfts are you in any of that yeah i mean i i think uh, to some extent uh i you know i try to keep myself informed about the the things that are going on uh you know now if you ask me to like explain to you specifically like what blockchain technology is, is and all that i probably couldn't yeah. do it uh but you know just just I, I feel like having a general awareness of of everything that's going on uh in terms of like investing i feel like more so i prefer passively investing uh, as opposed yeah. to, you know, kind of like trading. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the reason is because I, I, when I was, when I first was able to trade, when I turned 18, I, the first thing I did was open like a, like a Robinhood account. I know that sounds yeah. so lame, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, and I, and I ended up like, I was like every, every second I was checking like, okay, like now what is it? Now what is it? At? Now mm-hmm. what is it? At? And I feel like it was just so counterproductive to like the long-term goals that I had of, you know, fundamentally like understanding, uh, you know, what, what drives markets and you know like that kind of thing that it was like uh and i ended up losing a whole bunch of money as well that was probably yeah. <laughs> a negative factor as well so yeah, now i'm now i'm more so passively like just kind of like okay like i'll put my money in a couple like efts or um you know uh etf sorry not efts yeah. nfts and got those mixed up but <laughs> yeah, yeah uh you know and kind of just let them sit and grow over time i think that that's been kind of more of my strategy yeah no i think i'm definitely in the same boat like um, I have a buddy that is now in the process of literally buying a house based off the money mm-hmm. he made from like crypto and oh wow uh, and That's and I'm but like he puts in so much time with that like like right. that's like that's kind of his hobby 
that's like when right. he's not working he's doing that and i'm like 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 that's the return's great and if you have the mental capacity to like sit down and do that that's amazing like you know i feel like you can make so much money but like for me i'd rather i feel like do the more passive investing and absolutely and like you know it kind of frees up time and kind of do more of my own thing yeah no i I 100% agree with that because especially now with nfts and everything my tiktok feed my youtube everything is all just people being like you like if you're not in nfts right now you're wrong like it's everyone's just has i'm just like see there's there's two there's two people out there there's one Mm -hmm. that's putting in hundreds of hours and that's all they do and they're making a ton of money and it's great but then there's the other half that aren't doing that losing hundreds of thousands of dollars right (laughs) and like so i'm like it's just the trade-off for me is not there at this point. It's not worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's definitely it's such an interesting space now. Like, especially like just so many like younger people I'm seeing. Definitely. In all this, I think I think that has definitely been one of like the the better I guess outcomes or externalities of the the whole like I guess crypto boom is what you can call it. Is that mm-hmm. a lot more people are getting involved? Uh, you know, whether that be in whatever like crypto or just in general like equities or or just in understanding of being able to invest and make returns Mm -hmm. on money and i think that when you have in general a more educated population or a more interested population it you become smarter as a society so i think that that has definitely been one of the uh, better takeaways from the whole situation absolutely like like there's obviously examples of kids you know not knowing what they're doing, losing a ton of their parents' money or something. But I think, right. <laughs> I think for the most part, like the hype has kind of helped kids learn more about like fine, like, you know, just like finance right. to exactly. the level of being able to take care of themselves after high school. Because mm-hmm. high school Absolutely. doesn't like, it's like, it's, it's a meme at this point, but high school does not prepare you to be an adult. <laughs> it prepares you to go to college and that's it. Right. Like, for sure. So I think. I think, like, overall, I think it's good. I think it's just, honestly, just not for me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, yeah. uh, Last one on this list was family and friends. Yeah, you know, I I think it kind of goes to, and and we'll cover some of the topics later on, but Mm -hmm. um, for for me, the people that I surround myself with are, are really important. You know, my mom always used to say that the people who you surround yourself with are who you become. Yeah. Um, so, you know, just, just being around good people that are, you know, not afraid to challenge society, not afraid to speak their mind, uh, I, I think is really important to me. And, you know, obviously family is a big part of it, uh, especially now like coming to India and like being able to, you know, spend time with my extended family and, and you know, meeting various cousins and everything, I think is has been a really... Uh, kind of an, an eye-opening uh, journey for me overall. Mm-hmm. But uh, something that I very, hold very close to my heart is the people that I'm around and the people that matter to me. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I definitely think you're an extrovert. Do you think you're an extrovert? 
I would I would say so. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's more so. I, I don't really like you know the, the buckets of like introvert, extra extrovert, or even like I'm, I'm sure you've taken like the Myers Briggs personality tests and and all those kinds of like mm-hmm. tests that like try to group people into like various buckets and all that. I yeah. you know for me it's like I just like talking to people, <laughs> mm-hmm. and you know, it's I, I think that even you know there's some people that I obviously don't like talking to as well, but yeah. you know I get by and like I I think honestly some of the biggest lessons i've learned have been from the people that i don't like talking to mm-hmm. uh, if that makes sense um yeah. so I, I would say like you know if you want to call that an extrovert if you want to call that a people person absolutely mm-hmm. i guess I, I would fit into that category but you know bottom line for me is i, I just and it goes back to the idea of like traveling and meeting people mm-hmm. and just you know surrounding myself with people that i that uh, you know are going to help me grow as an individual uh mm-hmm. definitely i would say so it's kind of like something that's important to me yeah um so i mean for introverts, like quarantine was a blessing, right? Like they're just like, I don't have to talk to anyone. I can sit at home all day. It's perfect. How was how was quarantine for you in that social aspect? Man, it was tough. It was really yeah. tough. I'm, I'm not even gonna lie. You know, the fir- <laughs> the first two uh, first two weeks, I think were really good, and I, I think that that's pretty common across the board for everyone. Is like, wow, okay, yeah. like two weeks away from school, away from work, just chilling at home, don't mm-hmm. have to do anything. But then after that, I think it's really hard to to keep yourself, you know, uh, busy or, or, you know, having goals that you can actively reach without being in kind of a setting where you're pushed to grow, an yeah. example, school or work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, for me, like, I, I still try to, you know, do a variety of things that like kept kept me active, but it was definitely, it was definitely tough just uh, missing that social aspect of being able to talk to people, just hang out with people. Um that kind of thing. I think on the flip side, though, it did did make me a lot closer with my family, uh, just because yeah. you know the amount of time that we all spent together and and kind of like yeah. going through all of it together. So uh, I think that was definitely something that uh, was a positive that came out of it. But mm-hmm. uh, I I would say for me it was definitely kind of a struggle uh, to, to some extent. Is and you know I also. The whole mask thing, you know, like I understand we have to wear masks and stuff like that. But now even when holding a conversation, I feel like facial expressions are so like a large part of it, you know, like yeah. uh, even even with this recording, like I can't see your face right now. <laughs> and so I think that is like a, a little bit of like, you know, but, you know, I think it's it's kind of hidden the aspect of how we communicate as a society. You know, it's like before when you when you went up to somebody and you met them, the first thing you would do is extend your hand and give them a handshake, yeah. you know. And based on that, that was kind of your first like, hi, hello, this is me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now it's, you know, you wave or it's, you, you you might not even, you know, it's kind of, it, it's a jumbled aspect of like, yeah. we don't really know what to do as a society. Like, what's the proper etiquette now? Um, <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah, and it's weird. But yeah. uh, I think that, you know, I, overall, I guess that was a little bit of a tangent, but <laughs> no, quarantine was I, definitely tough for me. Yeah, yeah. I think it's crazy though as well, because I know I, I've caught myself doing it where you like start i started like showing emotion out like only like with the upper half of my face right like trying to like oh convey, yeah like mm-hmm. trying to convey something because <laughs> right i have such a bad habit you... like of like when i'm like when i think something's funny i'll just like you know do like the where you just like breathe out that kind of laugh just mm-hmm. that kind of thing you know? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like i like i i always used to do that and thing is like especially with the mask people don't always hear that i've laughed so all they see is me just completely straight-faced after they told a joke 
And then they, and then they, and then they look super awkward. I'm like, <laughs> like, oh yeah. <laughs> and then and then it just becomes even more awkward because I'm like, oh no, I thought it was funny. I just I laughed, but you didn't see it. And they're, then they're like, oh okay, he's just like, he's just saying that now to make me feel better. So just right. But yeah, like no, I found myself like agree. exaggerating like my eyebrows or you know like, mm-hmm. my eyes stuff like that. It's it's such a weird, such a weird thing. But it's also kind of nice because sometimes when people piss you off, you can pretend you're smiling. You don't have to show it. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, it's really easy to like, just like pretend you're smiling, like just with your eyes. But like in the mask, you're like mouthing fuck you. (laughs) It's great. (laughs) Right. Literally. But yeah. Um, There was, it was like, it was not for a long time, but um there was like a one month period I want to say where like masks were also not required anymore, at least in mm-hmm. the Seattle area. And right. Oh man. I remember, I remember realizing the amount of like weird stuff I do with my mouth. Now that I have a, I have a mask on, <laughs> because I'll just be like, I'll just be like mouthing like lyrics to songs or something as I'm like doing work. Or right. And then I'm like, Oh wait, I don't have a mask on. I can, like, people can see me. <laughs> right. I, you know, it's it's interesting because I feel like now, like, if you, like, accidentally like, forget to put a mask on or whatever, you you are the abnormality in a situation. Yeah. Like, everyone will look at you and, like, that kind of thing. So, it's, like, no, it's definitely it's definitely kind of changed the way that society functions overall. Yeah. It's, it's, it is actually so weird. Like, depending on where you go, be, you're either the odd man out for wearing a mask or not wearing a mask. Like, and right, it's, like, right. and it can literally be, like, literally two stores next to each other like mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. where did i go i went to this like country bar country club something like that right where they'd mm-hmm. be like line dancing that kind of stuff and as i walk up as i normally do i was rummaging through my pockets trying to find my mask right i pull it out the bouncer goes oh you don't need to worry about that <laughs> like, okay like since like since quarantine started it's the first time anyone like has actively been like, <laughs> yeah. no, put the mask away. And I was like, oh, <laughs> right. <shit."> like, <laughs> um, but then like you go like literally like a block down, we went to like a convenience store or something and you have to wear a mask because uh, otherwise mm-hmm. they don't let you in the store. It's like, it's right. such a weird, it's such a weird thing that people are so split on. For, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I definitely agree. Um. Okay, yeah, so that wraps up your list of topics from your own perspective. So now from the external perspective, uh, first one, music, we covered that. Um, dance covered that. Finance covered that. Um, let's, I want to talk about more about Deco, because like, we kind of yeah, touched sure. on it. But <laughs> right. I know like I was like in our, in our whole friend group in Bina, like I was one of the odd, one out, odd ones out in terms of doing Bina, uh, in terms of doing Deco right mm-hmm. like so many like there's like seven or eight of you that were in Decca together and you guys all did like really well like you guys were all winning like competitions and going to nationals and doing all this fun stuff so how did you get started with Decca? do you remember yeah it was so i kind of you know in skyline especially uh I think there's a there's a really big DACA culture just because of the you know the amount of people that are in in the club and you're kind of everyone's always talking about it. So mm-hmm. I think that you know even if you're not in it, it's hard to be oblivious 
to the fact that it's going yeah. on. Uh, and, you know, I think freshman year, I kind of, I didn't take the class. And, and so for our school, how it works is, uh, for those of you listening that aren't familiar, uh, you need to be taking either some kind of business or econ class to be able to participate in DECA and then compete in the, in the competitions. Um, and so, uh, you know, fr- freshman year, I didn't take any of the classes or anything like that. And I saw all these people that were showing up to school in like suits and all that. And, mm-hmm. you know, having like with medals and everything. And I was like, sheesh, man, like <laughs> I want to be a part of that. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so, you know, I was able to take a, a class during my sophomore year and I really got involved uh, with it. And, you know, the idea of just being able to like, uh, for a day going to a convention with a whole bunch of people from different schools and meeting different people uh, and, and competing, especially that was mm-hmm. just, you know, it, it kind of it hit a sweet spot for me. And then I really, yeah. really enjoyed it. Uh, and, you know, from then on, like I continued it throughout my senior year and even into my freshman year of, of college. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I Like that social aspect that you talked about that, like, that like actually like made me remember I almost I think I, I like almost like took the class just because like all right. of you guys were in it and I was just like and like mm-hmm. you guys were like always going to like these conventions you guys were missing school and like all having a great time and I was just like right. like it was straight up just FOMO at that point I was just like damn mm-hmm. I should like just take the class so I can like you know not be in school like sitting in school while everyone's out there competing and doing all this fun stuff because exactly like, it was like now that, like as you mentioned like like brought back those memories like it was huge like deca was huge. huge in our school mm-hmm. like it's crazy though i still remember like the like the deca blazers with like their logo or whatever <laughs> yeah just like you just like Everyone immediately know up, there's a like, convention because oh, yeah. you just see like a thousand <laughs> of them walking down the street mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it was it was so funny because i remember like when like for the area and state conferences they would like bus everyone to bellevue and then like if you were there in bellevue you would see every single like red robin and like every <laughs> single you know store just packed yeah. with all these kids and deco blazers it was it was quite a sight oh man that reminds me do you remember uh shoot what was the health one called the health competition i think it was hosa 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 i remember i did that for no reason other than mm-hmm. uh some cult literally just like, he was like because he was doing <laughs> he it and <laughs> right. he was just telling me about it and i was just like you know screw it like i'll do it <laughs> why not yeah we made a poster I, I like we like straight uh-huh. up like for our project we literally like made this poster like the night before we were leaving and yeah yeah like we literally printed out a powerpoint but the printer fucked up and we didn't like so powerpoint slides were straight up just pixelated so you couldn't read anything off of them uh-huh. but rather than try to fix it it was super late we were just like screw it just put it on there go with the <laughs> so, flow yeah so we real. just had like a bunch of like powerpoint slides that you couldn't actually read they were just like pixels and <laughs> somehow we like somehow like we did like our presentation was like good and mm-hmm. somehow we got like third place and qualified for nationals. Wow. And there you go. There you the go. Fun, I, was, I was like, I literally joined this literally to get time off from school. Like, <laughs> there's no other reason. I was like, my friends are here. I don't have to go to like school for a day or whatever. Like sign me up. And then we somehow like make nationals. And then like, we were like, no, we're not going to go. Let's like, go. Can't be <laughs> like, so like, That's we just funny. left it at that. Oh man. We used Good that time. board. Good like time. we, 
like literally after the competition it started raining so we were walking to, back to the hotel we used the board as, <laughs> as a rain shield yeah <laughs> like we did not give a fuck about that competition and somehow just came out of it like yeah that's hilarious good times um so the last thing i want to talk about in the topics is being outdoors mm-hmm so yeah, kind of different I mean, from travel, but like kind of along the same right. lines, I think, right? Definitely, definitely, definitely. Uh, you know, I, I think that I Seattle is a great place to be outdoors, as I'm, as I'm sure you can mm-hmm. second. Uh, it's just beautiful, and and I feel like kind of in, along the same lines as music. Uh, just being in the outdoors is kind of an outlet to to peacefulness for me. You know, kind of has that calm sense of uh, meditation that kind of goes along with it. Um, you know, and ever since a young age, I grew up as a Boy Scout, uh, so I was always, okay. you know, kind of out hiking and biking and, and doing all that. We actually had this event. It was called the Iron Scout Challenge, and uh, our troop actually got published uh, in a national book because mm-hmm. of it. But basically, every year we would have this event where we would have to um, swim for two miles, or swim for one mile, canoe for two miles, hike for seven miles. Uh, run a 10k and then bike 20 miles all within one day so it's kind of like a decathlon a mini decathlon yeah. uh that was that was happening and i just remember you know I, I participated in that pretty rigorously you know throughout the time that i was involved in in the boy scouts and, and before i got my eagle um and i just remember having so much fun and just you know having a sense of like accomplishment at the end of the day when yeah. uh everything was done and we were all just eating subway and, and relaxing and <laughs> yeah. that kind of thing and you know, I've, I've always found myself, I think the outdoors plus like athleticism within the mm-hmm. outdoors is a great way to relieve stress and, and just take advantage of, you know, the beautiful environment mm-hmm. uh, that, that is, you know, in front of us and especially in, in Seattle and the greater Seattle area. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, have you, I assume you've done a lot of the hikes around the Seattle area then, right? I've tried. I've tried. Yep. Yeah. There's the, I feel like there's more so I've done. Uh, there's some hikes that I just keep going to over and yeah. over again. Like, like Rattlesnake Ledge, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because exactly. exactly. those ones are super yeah. close that, you know, it's kind of like everyone goes and you're hiking up and you see like <laughs> yeah. a bunch of familiar faces and, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. So, uh, but, you know, definitely even some of the bigger ones, like I've tried to, I try to do the Rainier one. Uh, you know, it's always been a goal of mine to summit Rainier. I uh, haven't done it yet, but definitely we'll yeah. get to it at, at some point. That's something on my bucket list as well, for sure. That one's... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's because, like, it's so close. Like, I was... Um, it's right there, yeah. Like, I was sure. talking to my dad, I think, right? About, like, just, like, like, Washington, like, we have it, like, if you think about, like, just nature-wise, we have it so good. Like, we live... Really? Like, like Sammamish, like, perfectly nice little suburb. We're literally, like, 20 minutes, like, 20 minutes one way, we're in... It's like one like a huge city, right? National forest and the yeah. other side, yeah. For literally, real. The, like the other way, twenty minutes and you can go skiing in the mountains. Yeah, right. <laughs> like it's amazing. When I um, we went on like this cruise. We went on a cruise to Alaska, right? Mm-hmm. And um, we had uh, our fa- uh, our cousins with with us. Then they're from like New Jersey, and mm-hmm. they get when we get to Alaska. Alaska's huge, you know, mountains and stuff everywhere, and it was really beautiful but like everyone else's reactions were so much more like excited than ours because like i kind of just looked around i was like okay yeah like there's more snow but like 
<laughs> like literally on my way to this cruise ship i drove through these mountains like, <laughs> right. like we have like huge mountains everywhere and, like, mm-hmm. but yeah it's such a cool i like, know that's I, one I think of the reasons i love washington just the outdoors no i absolutely absolutely agree and it's crazy because i feel like like i said earlier like sammamish kind of a bubble growing up especially and you mm-hmm. kind of take it for granted and then now that i've you know had the opportunity to like travel and like visit these other places i come back home and i'm like wow i am so so lucky <laughs> to have grown up here yeah absolutely absolutely yeah so mamish is like we we're like really lucky to live up here so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's wild um okay so that wraps up the list of topics from both perspectives. Um, mm-hmm. So the differences kind of like travel and being outdoors are the two differences. Like, why do you think the being outdoors is on the list from the external perspective? Um, I, I think, you know, I feel like uh, maybe it should have been on mine as well. I, mm-hmm. I just think that, you know, for, for me, like, a lot of times when I when I am outdoors, it's uh, with other people as well. So it's it's kind of like a okay. group uh, activity. Like so, you mm-hmm. know, with, with like a, the Boy Scouts, like in, in a group or with family or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's kind of like you as a group are going to experience this uh, calming and, and peaceful environment. Um, you know, even with like the decathlon, the Iron Scout Challenge that I mentioned earlier, it's kind of like there's there's a sense of camaraderie, mm-hmm. uh, and, and that's I think the way that other people experience experience you. So yeah. I think that's kind of one of the reasons that I put it on the external perspectives list. And mm-hmm. uh, what was the other one? Uh, I think the other difference was DECA was on the list. From oh, okay. Right, right, right. Yeah. And I think for, for that one, it's more so like um, DECA was, you know, something that, that, I, that I did and I took a part in uh, throughout my high school and, and a little bit of my college uh, career. Uh, and while I was in it, I was, you know, fortunate to have served in, in a variety of different positions. And I think that mm-hmm. a lot of people recognize me from those positions. So, like, I'll, yeah. I'll still have uh, people come up to me in, you know, college and say, oh, hey, you were in DECA, right? And, like, you were that one guy that did all this and did that and that. Yeah. So, I think that's just the way that, like, people, like, uh, kind of associate a name a name with a face yeah. uh, per se. Yeah. It's funny you say that because, like, like, you know, before I have guests on, I'm always thinking about, like, how I see the guests, like, if, like, it's like, especially like you, like, if I know you, right, like, I'll think about, like, right. you know, like, topics, like, and Deco was definitely up there, like, because, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's one of, like, our whole group, like, you guys <laughs> constantly, right. 24-7, we're talking about Deco, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that's all, like, we literally, like, our chat, our chats will just always be about Deco and co- this right. competition or that competition, so I think, yeah, I think that's definitely a big thing. I was even, um, I was on your Instagram earlier and mm-hmm. same thing. Like, you know, you, you have like a bunch of posts about DECA. Right. So like, I think, I think it's crazy. I think it's nice though, like having like that kind of experience and have it be such a big part of your life. Cause mm-hmm. I feel like you, you learn so much from those competitions. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely agree. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so yeah, let's go into the qualities. Uh, so first qualities from your own perspective. First one, communication slash relatability. Mm-hmm. Talk about that. Uh, I feel like it kind of goes back to, to the idea of, you know, being around people and, and traveling to meet people. And I, I think that I, I would characterize myself, like I said earlier, a people person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just love 
being around people and, you know, learning from people. I think that, you know, for, for the, the way that I kind of, you know, view everything is like you, you learn more about life through experiences, right? Yeah. And obviously you as an individual can't have every single experience that's out there. So what's the next best thing is to vicariously experience other people's experiences through, you know, hearing them talk and hearing their stories and what they've learned throughout those stories. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so I think that, you know, with part of that is just being able to communicate and, and being able to be relatable to, to a variety of people so that you're able to learn from them and learn, you know, what makes them tick and what they don't like and what they do like and that kind yeah. of thing. Absolutely. So a question I have for you, right? Because at least for me, my social circle is, is very much like just about everyone I hang out with are people that I consider very close friends, right? Mm -hmm. Like I have very close friends and then I have like, I don't have that many, like I don't have that many very close friends, but like I don't, I also don't have that many like just friends, like people I'm like, okay, I'll hang out with you sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like for me, it's very like, I feel like I actively try to only keep the people around me that are like, you know, that I actually consider like really good friends. So mm -hmm. that's why, so I'm curious, like, you know, being so social and being able to like communicate with all these people, what's your, like, I'm sure you have like your more like inner circle, like group of like really good friends, but like what, mm -hmm. is, what, what kind of differentiates that for you between someone who you could consider a really good friend and someone you consider just a friend or an acquaintance? You know? Damn, that's a tough question. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, I think let me let me let me start off by saying that I think that everyone has the opportunity to become one of my really close friends, you know. Yeah. It, it's not like I'm I, I actively discriminate as to like okay, I want this person to be close to me. I, I don't mm -hmm. want this person to be close to me. Yeah. So I think, you know, following that, I think it's also just about the amount of time that I, you know, spend with certain people, mm -hmm. uh, you know, for the dance team, especially like we were practicing literally every single day for, you know, six plus hours a day, uh, almost living together. And yeah. so obviously, you know, once you spend that much amount of time with people in general, uh, you become very close to them, you become, you know, kind of, uh, it becomes second nature to interact with them. And so I think that is, you know, something that, that I guess differentiates, uh, you know, who I would call my close friends and who I would call friends and versus acquaintances, yeah. uh, you know, just the amount of time that you spend with them. And I think mm -hmm. that, you know, naturally people will like, if, if people enjoy your company, they will make active efforts to, you know, be spend time with you and, and, you know, uh, have different life experiences with you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, that's just a, something that kind of comes and goes. I think that, you know, na like people, ultimately everyone lives is living their own life right and mm -hmm. when two people's lives intersect that's when you kind of have like this i that's when the friendship is born right mm -hmm. and so uh the more time you spend together the more um closer friends you become yeah. uh, and, and so i think that's that's kind of like the way that i've approached it mm -hmm. is that you know like some people like I'll meet through events or organizations or whatever, and it'll just be a quick hi, hello. And then I'll, you know, I'll consider them my mm -hmm. friend, but then some people, like I said, are, you know, on the dance team or, you know, and I guess in the different clubs or organizations I've been uh, actively, you know, seek out time to, you know, sp spend time with me or, you know, go and like have different experiences and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that that would be the separating factor. Does that make sense? I, that's a yeah. little confusing. Yeah. I feel like I even think, on I my end. 
So like kind of going off of that, like, do you find yourself spending more time than you want to with people that you don't like, but you don't really like, like either like you don't have the heart to tell them or it's like, it's just, I don't know. I don't know how to say it, but like, like, I guess, yeah. Do you find yourself spending time with people just to spend time with them, but not like, or like just because you mm-hmm. have to? you know right no no I, that totally makes sense and I, you, I think it goes back to i think one of the other qualities that i listed on the on the list which is like i i, I have a tough time saying no yeah uh, to people especially and mm-hmm. i think that you know something that i'm definitely working on and, and trying to get better at but i think i have found myself in, in situations where i'm like man i don't i, I don't really want to be here <laughs> but out of you know yeah. the sake of like politeness or just being yeah. there uh i guess i'm here but you know my mom also used to really like kind of drill in that you never know who is going to teach you your next lesson yeah um and that coupled with the fact that the majority of the most important lessons that i've learned in my life have been through the people that i don't necessarily like or enjoy the company of uh Mm -hmm. is really important so i think that you know as i've come to understand and accept that i've been more open to you know being in situations where I'm more uncomfortable and uh, may not necessarily like the person because uh, they might have something more to offer me or, or like a different worldview as to how, uh, you know, to, to see things from their perspective. And I think that's yeah. honestly one of the most like admirable skills that anyone can have is to be able to put themselves in uh, somebody else's shoes and kind of see life through their eyes. Um, you know, and, and in situations where you may not necessarily like the person or, you yeah. know, what they do, being able to understand at least where they're coming from, I think mm-hmm. is extremely important into not only your own personal development, but how, how you want to develop society as, as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you, I mean, you mentioned the tough time saying no, so I want to talk about that. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, where... So what, I guess when you were writing this, when you thought of tough times saying no, what was like the situation or like, what is the type of situation you were thinking about? I, I think, you know, just, just generally, I, and the thing is, I, I'm, I feel like I'm a people pleaser. Yeah. I really like to make people happy and I don't like when people are sad. And so if, if I can have some kind of active uh influence on on how somebody feels and then do something to make them feel better then why would i why would i ever say no you know and and that's kind of like the the philosophy that i've kept in my mind um and you know i think more so i've I've come to realize that like that may sometimes come at the expense of my own happiness or my own will uh you know and and I, i feel like it's it's always been like this to some extent i remember my fifth grade teacher wrote on like our end of like reflection uh thing way back in the day like you know Mm. don't let people take advantage of your kindness um and i I think that's it's again like something that i'm continuously trying to work on uh Mm. and be better at but you know for me like seeing other people happy is really important and and so if i could have any active role in making that happen then why would i not yeah it's interesting because i kind of i was kind of in that same position where i really struggled with saying no to the people mm-hmm. and like kind of just let people walk over me you know and right um and then like i and then I, like i found myself overcorrecting, like i'd say like probably maybe a year ago or so like i kind of felt myself be like okay you know what i'm done like letting people do that and right i went full like 
selfish kind of i guess where i was just like like i like if it, if it didn't benefit me then i wasn't gonna do it or something right so right. like well so I'm, what was that what was that like period of realizing it was there like an event or something that sparked that or was it just kind of like you decided um, one day i think it had a lot to do with when i graduated college okay because well, at college like i had like i had like friends but like they were kind of just friends because i really didn't have any other friends so i was like you know like mm-hmm. like like i i had some like really good friends from there but there was a, like a lot of times where i was with groups of friends i was just like really just having a good time and right if i had kind of been more like like said no to like hanging out with them and you know like actually went out and tried to find a new group of friends like like you know maybe my college experience would have been better or something right mm-hmm. so it was like it was kind of that but like just a cu- like cumulative you know like lots of times i just i kind of had that realization when i graduated right and so i was like okay like i'm just gonna like focus on me right like what mm-hmm. helps me i'm gonna stop trying to like mm-hmm. please everyone and then i think i took that too far and i've kind of felt myself being kind of an asshole <laughs> mm-hmm. so like now i'm like i think i'm getting there I'm, i don't think i'm fully there but i'm like getting that balance between right you don't you don't want people to be able to walk over you but you don't want people to hate you you have to like find like find that, that middle ground yeah right? so like i think it's that's hard where to find it's hard it to is find. it is so like i feel like having been on both sides of that it's like it's, it's really interesting to hear like you know that you're kind of in that same area mm-hmm. but yeah yeah it's, it's it is definitely a tough thing because especially like especially when you're meeting new people i think right like at least for right. me right because everyone's so different because some mm-hmm. people some people will like actively try to take advantage of you while others mm-hmm. you know just actually just appreciate you being a nice person right like sometimes you can't tell right. friends so especially when you meet them right away it's, it's yeah you exactly know. like you and don't know if they're just like- like you don't know if they're just trying to take advantage of you or if they genuinely like you know like like you as a person and it's yeah i think it's i think it is do you think it, do you find it harder because you don't know people's intentions all the time like being like a people pleaser do you find it harder to like get so like do you find it harder for you to be able to let someone into that inner circle of friends i i think so yeah to for for sure like you know, as much as I, I feel like everybody has like different, uh, I guess, quote unquote, faces that they'll put on for different parts of society, right? Like the way yeah. that I talk to my friends is not going to be the same way that I talk to my parents. And then Absolutely. the same way that I talk yeah. to my parents is not going to be the same way I talk to my professors. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that, you know, like for people to really like, for me to consider people like really close friends, it does take a lot of like time and, you know, like, I guess just time, just to kind yeah. of really get to know me and, and like understand like the the things that you know make make me happy the things that really make me sad the things that you know i necessarily agree with things that i don't necessarily agree with mm-hmm. and that kind of thing so I, I think it's it's more so just a matter of like people putting in the time and the effort because you know obviously like first glance you know people can make whatever judgments that they have of you at, at a superficial level but until you get to really know somebody and i think the same goes for other people as well like when i'm you know interacting with other people that i, I would like to consider my close friends or be part of you know their close friend circle 
Um, so I, I think it's definitely like a two way two way street. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Um. Okay. Yeah. Uh. Next one. Leadership. Mm-hmm. So, uh, this going back to Declan for a quick second. I remember you got a very high position. I don't remember what was the position, but you got like a very high up there on the leadership, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I basically started um, when I ran for state president of mm-hmm. Washington State, which I was fortunately elected um, and you know served that. And that was during the senior year of my high school. And then yeah. I was able to run for the international executive vice president of mm-hmm. the National DECA organization, which was basically overseeing 14 states uh, on the Western region, including wow. Alaska and Hawaii. So that was kind of like my, my role there. Mm-hmm. And you got that position as well? Yeah, yeah, I was wow. I was able to be elected and then serve. Nice. What was that experience like? It was it was really cool. It was it was a really good experience. You know, I was mm-hmm. able to travel across the country and meet people that, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily have met before, like and go gone to places that I wouldn't have gone either. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you think of Idaho, like, sure you might drive through it every now and then, but are you really gonna be making like a trip out to Boise to like stay there you know especially from like the seattle area um it's it's more so rare for for us i think so Mm -hmm. but just you know being able to go there and like talk to people that have like literally like you know some people that i met like own farms and stuff like that and that's just not very common that you know from the smamish area at all so it was was really it was a really eye-opening experience for me uh being able to not only one just travel and like see a whole bunch of different things but also be to some extent a role model for people you know just yeah. being someone that people like looked up to and like asked questions about and said like hey like i want to run for something like that one day like can you help mm. me out i think that was really cool because it also showed me like the positive impact that you can have on other people you know mm. it, it's not just about like oh like in a position of leadership you're you just have like the title badge and that's it right it's like you can actually like actively make a difference in the way that people experience and approach life i think Mm -hmm. that was the coolest part for me absolutely uh what about uh beyond deca like more i guess uh more recently uh where have you been where do you want to be leadership wise or like what are you currently doing in terms of leadership yeah absolutely you know i think more so uh, like leadership to to some extent yeah it can be characterized with like a title or like a position like you know in a club or whatever but i think more so it's just the way that you carry yourself and and the way that you uh approach situations you know i I Mm -hmm. think that even being part of a team right like it's not a team leader isn't necessarily someone that stands at at the top and like points people in the right direction in terms of what to do it's Mm -hmm. also the person that holds the team together as the glue or is the person that someone can go to to talk to if they need advice or having or having a tough time Um, and so i think that's kind of like the way that i I really approach leadership is like i try to be a leader in every aspect Mm -hmm. of of my life and it's kind of like you know that one quote like if you give a man a fish he'll be fed for a day but if you teach a man how to fish he'll be fed for a lifetime yeah right i think that concept applies to leadership a lot it's like Mm -hmm. if you tell somebody what to do they might have direction for you know that day or that week or whatever but if you show somebody and bring out what they truly value in it and show them how to guide themselves then they are able to carry on that idea of leadership and spread it to, to more people so yeah. I, I think you know that's that's something that like i just try to just you know one of the principles that i try to embody in the way that i live my life mm-hmm. 
cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, next one, hardworking. So, hardworking. Um, shoot. When I first read this, I remember thinking of a question, and I'm forgetting it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it'll come back to me. Uh, yeah. Uh, why did you write hardworking on your list? You know, it's it's funny because I remember before I sent the list to you, I I kind of gave it to a few people to just kind of like check over and like see what their thoughts were. And mom was like, why is hardworking on this list? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's, it's funny that like a different perspective. And, and I, for me, like I by no means of hardworking compared to my parents and, and like the stuff yeah. that they do. I think they're the amount of work that they put in is infinitely more than what I've had to or, or been even required to to put in. But I think that, you know, in any situation, I think uh, one of my old football coaches used to say, Mr. Steen, I don't know if you remember him. Uh, uh, name's familiar, yeah. He's like the big bald guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He always used to say, you know, if you're, he used to say two things. One is that every day, if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. You're never staying the same. Yeah. And then the second thing is, if you're not going to put in 110% into whatever you do, then why are you even doing it at all? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I think that's kind of really stuck with me in, in terms of like pushing myself to to really achieve like the things that, you know, I know that I'm capable of. Uh, yeah. And, you know, it, it hard. there's no substitute for hard work, I think so at the end of the mm-hmm. day. Um, if you want something, you have to really go out of your way to, to get it. And you really have to have like a one track mindset in, in terms of achieving that goal. And so I think that, you know, for, for me, like definitely, like I, I would consider myself someone that is hardworking in, in mm-hmm. terms of the sense that like, if, if I want something, I will, I will get it. Uh, and yeah. I will work hard to, to, to achieve that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's why, that's why I kind of put it on my list. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so actually I, I, I remember my question. Um, mm-hmm. So, these were, I mean, these are all stories that I've heard. I like, um, I heard that, I think it was your, I want to say your first year of college. Mm-hmm. I remember hearing from like, cause I, like we didn't really talk much, but I heard from like, just like, oh, like what's Sammy been up to? And um, I heard that like you were struggling sometimes, like a little bit. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that accurate? Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely accurate. Uh, yeah. I think it's especially like, uh, I think, you know, everyone struggles, but everyone's struggle is a little bit different, yeah. uh, especially, you know, in adjusting and, and everything like that. But for me in particular, like moving to New York City is one thing. Like it's completely different than yeah. living in, in, the, in the suburbs of Sammamish. <laughs> so yeah. that was one thing. The other thing is, you know, taking classes that I didn't necessarily enjoy at the time uh, mm-hmm. because it was a very like liberal arts core like you had to take like yeah uh, basically like foundational classes so i mean taking classes that i wasn't really interested in and then kind of just splitting myself spreading myself very thin amongst like a variety of different activities you know being the dance team the you know quantitative finance society and you know even deca it, it just felt like i was putting a lot on my plate that i wasn't really able to devote my 100 percent into you know any of the things that I was, I was doing. So I think, you know, that, especially the first semester, I I really took, um, not even academically, but even like socially and emotionally, uh, Mm. a pretty hard hit in terms of like where I was in terms of, you know, just, just being myself, uh, because of all the things that were going on. Yeah, absolutely. What was your, uh, I guess your, like mentally speaking, where, where was your head at during that time? Like, was it more like, 
because like, I guess I guess everyone has to like you know like you said everyone's like struggles are different so like right. I feel like mindset has make plays a huge part in how you get out of that struggle so what was your mindset mm-hmm. and like mentally you said you know like mentally it was tough like what was yeah like, no for thinking? sure I I just you know it's it's interesting because I, I think of like what I was doing at that time and it was kind of like I I just I would put my head down and do everything that I needed to do and it would get done. Mm-hmm. And then I would look back and then I would say like, what did I really get out of that? You know, like what, yeah. what did I really achieve from the thing, the things that I did? So mm-hmm. I, I don't think like m- more so like in, in a state of like mentally, like I, I was, I was all right. You know, I was still like eating and like doing all like the, the normal <laughs> stuff and like yeah. that kind of stuff. But uh, for me, like, I think, the realization period came back when I went back for my first winter break and I was like, Oh wow. Like on paper, I accomplished so much, but what did I really accomplish as an individual? Like how did I really grow? And that was kind of like the differentiating factor for me is like, I wasn't happy with the things that I was doing and you know, with the things that I was happy doing, I wasn't doing enough of it. So, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. I I was able to come back and kind of reevaluate what mattered to me, what didn't matter to me and then set myself up for, for success Mm -hmm. down the line yeah see that that's like it's really fascinating for me because um last week i talked to harsha and mm-hmm. he he was telling me like this past semester it was kind of the same thing in terms of like the workload like he just spread right. himself way too thin but the like literally the only difference between your two stories is that he was doing projects that like he loved he loved every second of it and like you know like he was like he's like super passionate about like the stuff he's been working on so mm-hmm. even though it was tough and it's not healthy and he probably won't do that type of workload again he was like like i came out of that and i feel so good now like i feel like i got so much right. out of it and i think that i think that just shows like having passion in your work plays such a huge role in how Absolutely. that work gets done like like i mean just like you said you were getting the work done same like same as harsha right you guys both are you guys both got the work done but mm-hmm. like having passion in that work was the difference between coming out of it feeling satisfied versus not satisfied right i think that's yeah i thought that was really interesting um i guess uh staying on the topic of school uh love to love of learning was on your list yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I think that is just it, it doesn't even necessarily have to do with school itself. Obviously, school plays a, a very big part in, you know, the amount of stuff that we're exposed to and, and yeah. that kind of thing. But, you know, I just I love learning about new things, things that are uh, different from me. And I think that is kind of encompassed by all the stuff like traveling and meeting new people and, all you know, et cetera, et cetera, is just being exposed to di- people and, and things that are different than uh, what I know and uh, just continuously taking the best qualities from what the world has to offer and trying to implement them in, into my own lifestyle. Um, I think I, you know, it's, I, lo- I love it. I love it. Yeah. That's dope. That's dope. Uh, wh- what's like, I guess, I mean, you're still in school, so you're like, you know, trying to learn that stuff, but outside of school, like what's, what's one thing that you're really excited to be learning about right now? Yeah, I mean, I, I've always, I grew up dr- driving like automatic cars and I didn't yeah. really have 
much experience like with like shifting gears and, and that kind of thing so mm-hmm. um and most of the cars here in india operate with uh the the clutch and like you have to yeah. like actually move gears and stuff like that so mm. I've, I've been taking some time you know every day to kind of like go on like a few laps and uh just kind of experiment like okay like if i press the clutch and the brake and then switch gears at the same time like what does it do so yeah. uh just picking that up has, has been pretty cool nice that's dope yeah that's something like that's something i definitely want to like i want to learn how to drive a manual soon because mm-hmm. like like at some point i do want to have like a project car you know oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah on sure. and like you know like do stuff with so and like unless i want to buy like a super new one chances are it's going to be a manual and i feel like manual also like you can just work on it so much better right but, right um, yeah that's dope though that's dope I mean, I would try. I would not want to be learning how to drive in India, though, like on those streets. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. Like you that's, gotta like you're trying to focus crazy, on shifting bro. gears, hitting the clutch, <laughs> all while there's like fifty cars going either direction. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. But yeah, um, are you just visiting family in India right now? Yep, just visiting family. Nice. It's cool. It's cool. Um, how is it? I mean, like, so did you go straight from Spain to India? Or? I went straight from Spain to India. Yeah. So I, I actually won't be like, it'll be the next time I come to Seattle will be like in one year, almost exactly, which is wow. kind of crazy to think because yeah. like I literally going back to the idea, like I spent every single day there right, <laughs> growing up. Yeah. So um, it's yeah. Damn, man. But it's good. It's good. India's yeah. India's really, really fun. Um, obviously COVID is kind of like a damper on the entire world, yeah. uh, but it's, you know, make do with, with what we've got. And mm-hmm. it's, it's really nice to just be here and, and being able to just spend time with family and everything. Yeah. It's really nice. That's crazy though, man. We're getting old. Becoming <laughs> no, honestly, crazy. Like every time crazy. I talk to like, every time I talk to like people in Bina, cause I'm, I'm so used to Bina just being the classic immature group that just always falls around. Right never takes anything right. seriously so that's mm-hmm. why i love doing the podcast with like people in bina because like i get to like sit down with them and have like serious conversations and it's like right damn like we really just like i feel like who we are in bina is so different because we all mm-hmm. just go back to our like middle school high school selves yeah so it's, it's so banter. Fun. <laughs> like it's, it's so much fun but like it's so refreshing to like talk to people one-on-one and be like oh this is who mm-hmm. they actually are right no i completely agree <laughs> yeah cool man um so that kind of wrap, that wraps up your list from your own perspective so mm-hmm. quickly going through the other list of qualities uh let's see good communication people person talked about that out of classroom learner talked about that kind slash generous we kind of talked i think we kind of touched on this throughout but is there anything you wanted to add mm-hmm. No, I mean, I, I think we've pretty much covered it throughout, you know, the yeah. course of the podcast. I think that I, hopefully, I hope that other people see me as someone that is uh, generous and, and mm. willing to, you know, give everything that I have in order to make the world a better place overall. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Um, fun. So I think, I think this was your answer for the first question, describe yourself in one word, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, why'd you pick fun? Is that uh, I just kind of, you know, I feel like I'm a very go with the flow person. Uh, yeah. And 
kind of take things as they come and I try to see like the, the positives in every situation. And, uh, obviously I'm a you know big jokester. <laughs> I'm sure most, <laughs> most people have been, uh, uh, know yeah. and, and also are, uh, so it, it's just kind of like, I, I feel like the, I don't take anything too seriously. I think that mm-hmm. it's, it's important to, you know, stay lighthearted and, and uh, take every situation with a grain of salt. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I think that's kind of why I put it on there is. Yeah. So with that, right. Because mm-hmm. most of the time when I meet someone of that mentality of like, you know, and I think I have the same mentality as well. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. around people, I always just want to be fun, like messing around, not being serious. Right. Because mm-hmm. it is it just everyone just happier that way. But like, what what is it for you that kind of makes you get serious? I guess. That's, a, that's a good question. Um, I, th- I think, you know, even in the most serious of situations, there is, there can be some like lighthearted humor and, yeah. and, you know, positives that like, like funny stuff that can be, that can be taken out. But, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think th- there are obviously things that are inappropriate to joke about. And I think that, yeah. you know, as we become more mature as individuals, we kind of realize what other people's boundaries are and, and, mm-hmm. and what other people like are sensitive towards. Um, and, you know, yeah. just being respectful of, of the people around you um, and that kind of thing. I, you know, for me, like if somebody says something about me, like I, I obviously know, like I, I don't really care. Like you can jo- you can joke <laughs> about whatever with me. Right. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, making sure that I'm respectful of others when I'm joking around, I think, has, has been mm-hmm. something that is like, OK, like taking I got to take that a little bit more seriously as to, you know, not offend people or, you know, make make anybody feel uncomfortable or anything like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Actually, this made me think of another question, like being mm-hmm. kind of a people pleaser, um, but also liking to be in those like leadership roles, right? Because mm-hmm. the thing with leadership roles, like from the little leadership experience I have, like it's it's great when you can do the like what you were talking about, where like, you know, like being their equals, you know, like working with them, not like telling them what to do. That's great when mm-hmm. that works. But every once in a while, someone gets out of line and you like have to be that person you have to turn off the people pleaser side of your brain how do you approach Mm -hmm. those situations and how do you have to like deal with those situations you know i I think at the end of the day almost you can solve any situation through communication and just having like a sit down one-on-one conversation with somebody uh Mm. and you know I, i think that like Obviously, if somebody like messes up in, in, you know, part of a team or whatever, like just making sure that they're understanding like the effects of it and then uh, that there should be no repetition of that. I think, you know, everyone makes mistakes. It's natural to make mistakes. But I think yeah. more important is learning from those mistakes and making sure that they're not happening again. So I think, you know, in positions of leadership, just being someone that is like uh, maintaining that idea of a helping hand, but also an enforcer of this is the stuff that we need to get done and this is how it needs to get done uh and this is how we need to present ourselves i think that that is like uh an important uh way that you have to carry yourself and i think the best way to approach situations where somebody doesn't understand that is by having a sit down one-on-one conversation with them seeing how what their perspectives are and then from there trying to get them to understand what your perspectives are and how that affects the organization at large Mm-hmm. But you know it, it's it's difficult. You you know I think one of the toughest things that I've learned from being in positions of leadership is you can't make everyone happy. And yeah. for me especially, that is that's a huge struggle because it's like you know some you decisions that you make. <laughs> right, exactly. Some decisions that you make are gonna 
please some people very much and they're going to make some people very unhappy. But at the end of the day, yeah. those are the decisions that you have to take. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, it's, it's been tough, but I think that, you know, just reasoning it out, uh, you know, kind of running through scenarios in your head and then always just, you know, trusting your gut. I think trusting the process overall has, has been one of my biggest mottos. Uh, yeah. It's just, you know, I think that's, that's been really important for me. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, last one on the list uh, is emotional. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I didn't know whether I, whether I wanted to put this one or not, but then um, I, I kind of decided to stick with it. I think that, you know, mm -hmm. externally people, you know, may see me as somebody that's like, okay, like, you know, this person, like Tammy Act does this and he does this and, and all that stuff, but they, they don't really know me to the extent of like, that I'm a person too, you know, like I also yeah. get upset about things, uh, you know, when, when things may not necessarily go my way or if somebody that I care about is upset, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. So I think that, you know, that, that is, uh, something that I definitely embody. Um, I, I don't know if I put it as how others perceive me or if, uh, if I put it as like, you know, the qualities of myself, but I think honestly it belongs on both lists, mm -hmm. uh, because it, I think it's, it's very much true. Um, I, I think that, you know, it's, and you know, in, I feel like in today's society, it's very like discouraged upon to some extent, uh, for Absolutely. people to be emotional to, to whatever extent, you know, it's, yeah. it's kind of like this idea of like, what is mass masculinity and like, oh, you have to like, you know, be all like, I guess, quote unquote strong all the time. But I think that, you know, being able to show emotion and show that you actually care is, mm -hmm. uh, is, is, is really important. I think that, you know, for me, it's, it's, it's been, uh something that I like, I don't necessarily see as a bad thing. I, you know, it, for me, it's like, I care. Yeah. And that's why it makes me emotional. Yeah. That's, that's really interesting. Cause I feel like I, like I struggle with like that showing emotion part. Right. I think mm -hmm. like, um, tell me if you feel the same way, but kind of like having that always goofy type of persona, like I feel like it's even harder to like because you know everyone everyone's always expecting like if like if the vibe goes down everyone looks at you to like bring it back up because that's what they right like because that's just that persona that you've built that's the role that you played yeah right. that's mm -hmm. like that's that role that you're in and mm -hmm. i feel like that makes it even harder because then i feel like it just makes people uncomfortable like if i like if I, like i feel like because i do that a lot where i'm just like always goofy but then like there's times where i just get serious or like i get emotional and then, like, everyone's mm -hmm. just like, oh, shit, like, we've never seen him like this. What do we do? <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, I definitely, definitely agree with that. But, you know, yeah. I think it's also just part of, like, growing up in general is being able to accept that and, and show it and, and mm -hmm. you know, for, for what it is. Because, you know, it's, it's, it's not like everyone has emotions at the end of the day, right? Mm -hmm. It's not like people don't have emotions. Uh, so just some people are better considering them and some people show them, you know, better and I, and I feel like I've always been the type of person to wear my heart like on my sleeve mm -hmm. uh and and that's just the way that I am and I, I think that you know the more so that we can learn to accept that the more so the faster society will learn to accept that as well yeah absolutely cool man um that covers the lists so um a lot of really interesting stuff there uh, what's, let's see. So what's one thing that's either like 
on your list or it doesn't even have to be on the list what's one thing that like you feel that you have it could be a topic or quality that you feel you have that you wish more people saw in you that's a tough one um you know i I think to some extent it would be like the emotionalist or or just the willingness to like have conversations because i Mm -hmm. i think that you know because of various circumstances whether it be you know through deco or through other organizations i feel like people have made up in their heads this idea of who i am without having even you know really met me or having had a conversation with me Uh, and then even if they do have a conversation even if it's just like a brief one it's not really you know tell it's not a whole a holistic story as to you know who i am and and, you know the struggles and everything that i've had to deal with Mm -hmm. um and and so i think that you know if people like are able were able to see more so like uh i guess different sides of me versus like what's out there for people to see if that makes sense Uh, i think then they would really change their perspective of like how they interact with me and, and and the you know the things that they say slash know about me mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah that's a good one that's a good one um one one thing we got to talk about we haven't talked about it quite enough yet we got to talk about Bina. yeah so, yes, let's do it <laughs> first do, <laughs> do you have uh do you have a message for all the all the Bina members watching now What's up, Ben? Uh, been there since uh, since day one. Honestly, actually, not since day one, but like you actually, since high school. You were actually, yeah, you were one of the later ones to join, weren't you? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. I, I had transferred to uh, the I transferred to the Esquire School District from the Lake Washington School District in eighth grade. So I didn't really know um, like a lot of the. Yeah. I was friends with like Dhruv and Yash uh, since like Grokul, but other than that, okay. like the rest of you guys, I had kind of like no like real interactions with until until later on but uh yeah. definitely you know squad like <laughs> i feel like you know through through thick and thin been has been there so it's, yeah. it's been yeah. it's been a good run that's true that's true yeah man it's been it's a so like i've had this discussion right and i always like i always feel bad because i because it sounds like i'm shitting on Bina, but i'm not it's just the way that we mm-hmm. are but like what are your what's your how Bina is like always like it's we talked about it right Bina always kind of always just jokes around right maturity mm-hmm. levels are always just very low when we're in that chat um right like, <laughs> honestly <laughs> like how, how is how does that how does I guess how does Bina in that sense like play a role in life for you like, uh, you know I, I feel like it's it's the idea of like okay like we, we're all met we all met in high school it's kind of like a high school friend group right mm-hmm. and, and that's kind of the way that we know each other as especially in that group chat so people are you know tend to embody their i guess high school personalities uh yeah. or exemplify them even to some extent uh when, when we're talking to each other mm-hmm. but you know at, at the end of the day i feel like it, it's uh it's more so about like the connections that you know we all have with each other and mm-hmm. you know i think that everyone is respectful that kind of that they've taken their own path you know everyone's path yeah. is going to look very different and everyone's going to end up doing a very, very drastically different things, yeah. uh, you know, and, and having life experiences that are very like, 
outside of you know what you as an individual see mm-hmm. uh, so you know for for me it's 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 great to just have like you know a, a core like group of people that like i'm able to kind of one joke around with obviously but also yeah. you know learn about their life experiences and, and you know what's going on in their lives and, and how they're living and, and that kind of thing so yeah. uh you know definitely holds a very special place in my heart absolutely absolutely um yeah that, it's funny because what, i remember watching like... yeah go ahead. go ahead go ahead sorry no you can go ahead oh yeah i remember watching uh yt's podcast episode and, and you, i think one of the questions that you asked him was like describe bina in one word and he said emotional and that was just that <laughs> i just remember that that was pretty funny yeah <laughs> yt that's yash talwar for you guys that for right. those of you listening go listen to that episode as well amazing it was fun um sweet man uh last question for you is so i like to have the guests um leave the audience with a piece of information right so it's like i don't like calling it advice because advice feels like this is how i did something or like this is what i would do and then you like kind of like telling them to do the same thing mm-hmm. i feel like information is more like here's how i did it or here's how i would do it and then you kind of just it's just like a bubble in, in the air right in space and then right. they can choose to like accept all of it or some of it and they can like you know do what they want with that piece of information um so what's a piece of information you have for all the listeners? The audience. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Let me think about this one. I guess. Okay. For those of you listening, wherever you're listening from, I think the one biggest thing that I guess I, I would want you to take away from listening to this episode uh, or just in general is that don't take anything too seriously. Uh, you know, life, life moves really fast and it seems to be moving faster and faster uh, day by day. Uh, so, you know, it, take time to, to stop and smell the roses and, and do the things that you enjoy because, you know, you might not ever get to really, you know, do them or experience them again. So I, I know that a lot of, you know, people are constantly chasing that next goal or, or that next, you know, like accomplishment or whatever they think will make them successful. But I think that it's really important to just slow down and appreciate and where you are right now, you know, be thankful for the water that you're drinking the air that you're breathing and, and the people that you're surrounded by. Mm-hmm. Awesome. That's really well said. Um, so do you have any questions for me before we end it? Um, I, I guess, I mean, what do you think about Bino? <laughs> I don't think anybody's, uh, <laughs> I hate them. Uh, <laughs> I wish they'd burn them. Just, uh, no, of course, Bina's, <laughs> you know, they, like, I, I actually am one of the day ones. Um, so it's it's crazy, dude. What, second? When did... I want to say second grade is when I, like, first met one of the Bina members. Mm-hmm. And, like, I mean, Harsha, like, I've, I've known Harsha since I was five. Wow. Like, right. Yeah, like, it's crazy. Fifth grade, I think, is where the big squad really came together. Mm-hmm. That was, that was what Dhruv, Yash, Gautam, Nishu, Harsha. Like, yeah, man, it's crazy. Like every, like especially, especially when you guys come back from my college and stuff, and we catch up, it's always so mm-hmm. crazy to me. Like that's where we started. <laughs> yeah, literally, for <laughs> like, sure. Actually, that, like, what was your entrance into Bina? 
Um, I think who, who, I, I became. Friend, who did you come like? Who did you know that you kind of introduced to? I kind of I, I see like I knew. I mean, obviously, I knew Dhruvan Yash since since way like before like third grade and all. But I didn't really yeah. like talk to them because of like the different schools and everything. But mm-hmm. um, I think I, I knew Sussan and I, we were kind of close. But I think what really kind of like brought me into the group as a whole is I uh, when I actually through Dhaka. I roomed with Gautam and Gautam and Sai uh, okay. in my sophomore year of uh, when we went to nationals. And mm-hmm. after that, I kind of you know obviously you know Gautam's minivan uh, after <laughs> <laughs> after after school that was kind of like the go to spot. And you know ever since then, yeah, honestly, <laughs> and then you know everyone started kind of hanging out. And then yeah. um, I think I think honestly senior year at least our senior year. So um, you know me, Sasin, and, and Yash, we became really close. Because like, I think all you guys went off to college, uh, and we were kind of chilling. And then when everyone came back, uh, everyone hung out and, and that kind of thing. So I think that's when I really became like close with everyone. Mm-hmm. Cool, man. Cool. Well, uh, I I don't have anything else for you. If you have, uh, you have anything else for me, for the viewers, for the listeners. Uh, no, I mean I, I think that that pretty much covers it. Uh, for any of you that are listening, if you know if you have any questions or anything in general about me or just you know even want to have a conversation, you know feel free to hit my line. Uh, <laughs> very very accepting to just you know people reaching out and and that kind of yeah. thing. So would love to have conversations with everyone. Yeah, make I'll I'll make sure to tag you in there. You know, if anyone wants to ask you any more questions, also leave them down in the comments down below. Uh, Sammy and I both will be watching those and you know responding and answering questions and just you know having conversation because that's what this podcast mm-hmm. is all about exactly so samiak thank you for coming on uh do you have anything you want to plug pleasure. real quick do you want some followers uh, instagram youtube whatever you're doing uh not not even really i mean i guess my instagram is uh i think it's at sam.sawali that's s-a-m.s-a-w-a-l-e um but yeah. All right. Go follow Samiak. Go follow Blank Perception on Instagram. Watch all the other videos and episodes, Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, all the great podcast platforms. <laughs> uh, like, comment, subscribe. Do all of the things. Thank you guys for listening, Samiak. Thank you for coming on. And I'll see you next time. Absolutely. On Blank Perception. Goodbye.